Hey guys, if you've been listening to our episodes, then you've heard probably hundreds of times already that we are obsessed with CleanCraft and we have a special special discount code to give you guys. So when you go to cleancraft.com, punch in the word soul for 5% off and free shipping. And I don't know about you, Haley, but I know they make me feel damn good. Yes. And I do want to tell everybody that if you chug two of them really fast in a row, you'll feel great. (laughs) Jessica actually (laughs) wants you to report back on that. You guys, I do love clean craft though, because they're a non-alcoholic option and they're ready to drink in a can, which is so huge if you're looking for a beverage to bring with you to a party or something like that. So I cannot suggest this company enough. They have amazing flavors. They're perfect to mix up with mocktails or cocktails if you still drink alcohol. Um, So yeah, you guys, you have to try them out. Go try them out. Let us know what you guys think. Welcome to Social Soul Podcast. I'm Haley. I'm Jess. Thanks for tuning in today. Before we dive into today's episode, we just kind of want to call a little PSA to some stuff that's happening in the world that you should be paying attention to. Yeah. So as most people know, the presidential election is coming up this year in November, and we just really want to make sure that everybody is out there voting. Um, Me personally, I feel like both the choices suck, but you still need to vote. You still need to make a decision. And so I'm really hoping that us calling attention to this will hopefully convince you to do your part. I know a lot of people out there are like, well, just like my vote doesn't matter. I'm only one vote. But Mm -hmm. it's like that makes no sense. Yeah, because it's like everybody's votes together are what matters. If you don't vote like that doesn't you're not helping. Yeah. You know, I will say I've been I've had that belief before. And if I'm being honest, I did not vote in the last presidential election. But there are a lot of people out there who actually don't have the ability to vote. And it's really important for us to just be exercising our right to vote. No matter what you believe, get out there and just make sure that you're registered to vote. Speaking of which, last the last presidential election, because I didn't vote either, yeah. and we went to St. Thomas yeah. together, like, right as... We were there yeah. when Donald Trump got elected. Yeah, and I cried. And <laughs> But I remember when we were in St. Thomas, they were like, we're not allowed to vote here. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. And we were like, what? And then that made us feel even shittier, because yeah. we just came from the States, and we had the chance to... Mm-hmm. And we didn't. Yeah. And then they were all like, we don't even get a say. Yeah. Which is weird because it's a U.S. territory. Yeah. But technically like the Virgin Islands. Yeah. It's just kind of sad. So that kind of opened my eyes. And then um, obviously like I just realized like I don't really have a foot to stand on in arguments mm-hmm. if I didn't fucking vote. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. I'm like. Not that either one I would really argue for. I know. <laughs> as far as the kids. It's really hard right now. But at least I can like kind of have my say if I do vote you know? yeah so yep um and I know you can go to vote.org and check to see if you're registered to yep. vote. so you guys can go there and register to vote and make your decision yeah also Instagram has a little nice button right up top when you open your news feed if you have not seen it yet you can just go right there as well super yep. convenient so on that note um go vote but we <laughs> are going to dive into the episode now and Haley is going to be sharing some scary stats about booze. Today. Yes. Yeah. So this is so funny because I feel like I 
ever since I stopped drinking, I started learning. And the more I've learned, I feel like the more kind of against alcohol I am just because I realize like how problematic and how many health risks are associated with it. And I just think like alcohol is such a normal part of our society and what we do. So I just kind of wanted to shed some light on some stuff that I didn't know before I quit drinking and share some of that information with you guys. I also got Jessica to find a stat. (laughs) (laughs) She made me do some research. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but you know, one thing I think that we kind of forget about is that the alcohol is something that has literally been packaged and sold for our consumption. Like we drink alcohol because, because we've been sold alcohol. And I just think like people are like, well, what am I going to do when I need to celebrate or how am I going to relax or how am I going to unwind? And every single reason we think that we need alcohol is because it's been advertised to us that way. And I'm actually reading a book right now called The Power of Habit, and he touches on alcohol and how it has like been sold to us and how it's this like habit. And so I just think it's really interesting. But the first stat I want to share actually has to do with advertising and marketing. So in 2016, the alcohol industry actually spent $2.3 billion in marketing and advertising in the U.S. alone. Jesus. So to sell us alcohol and, you know, I was kind of looking on the Federal Trade Commission website, the FTC site, and it's interesting because they mentioned how freedom of speech gives organizations the ability to like market and advertise to us, like really however. Um, And so it kind of touches on how alcohol advertising can be harmful And, you know, it actually says, I kind of wanted to read this right off of the site. Um, So it says alcohol ads typically associate a brand with cool, sexy people in a fun activity. Totally. The various elements in alcohol ads are specifically chosen to communicate ideas like this product is for people like me. This alcohol product makes occasions better. This product is popular or stylish or creative and people want to be seen drinking this product. Ultimately, these concepts come together to suggest if I use this product, I can be cool, sexy, and successful like the people in the ad. And honestly, that's how I feel alcohol advertising is. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I'm like thinking in my head back to like all the commercials I see um, Mm -hmm. in posters at like gas stations and things like that, you know, for like Bud Light. I feel like Bud Light's the one that comes to my mind because I feel like they have so much marketing. Yeah. And or at least maybe it's just the blue color that sticks out to me. I don't know. Yeah. You do uh, love blue. (laughs) Yeah, I do. But um, yeah, I realized like Bud Light, they use like hot girls mm-hmm. in most of their marketing yeah or like um celebrities yeah professional like athletes yes and stuff. so many and then you think like oh they're healthy they're fit they have this amazing life and this is the alcohol they're drinking yeah and then that makes you think like oh it won't hurt me because mm-hmm. that person's a professional athlete. They're healthy. They're mm-hmm. successful and they still drink Bud Light. Yeah. So I can drink it. It's kind of like when you see the Olympia, like the Olympics sponsoring McDonald's or something like exactly. that. It just, it doesn't really make sense. Um, every time I see an alcohol ad, I feel like I get so irritated by it because in my head, I'm now paying attention to 
this is how they're selling it to us. Mm-hmm. And this is the, what they want us to believe. But I will say I have seen a couple ads recently that I'm actually proud of from alcohol companies. Really? Yeah, weird to say. But I saw a Crown Royal commercial the other day during the Seahawks game. And it was a guy sitting in a bar. And there was another guy sitting at a bar. And they, like, raised a glass of water. And it was telling people to moderate and to drink wow. water in between their drinks. And I love that. I was down for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that that was really cool. Dang. But <laughs> I think about um, the connection that this has in my mind to like how they market like processed foods. Yes. I feel like it's very similar how the mm-hmm. U.S. does both of those. Like they're both shit for you. Yes. Yet they make it out to be like something that you want to partake in. Mm-hmm. In fast food, the same too. Yes. Well, so I mentioned the book that I'm reading earlier called The Power of Habit. And he talks about the habit loop, which is like a cue in action, and then a reward. And he talks about how fast food is something that that does trigger like this habit cue or this habit cycle. And alcohol does the exact same thing. You know, they actually gave alcohol like to rats in cages. And at first they didn't want to drink it, but then it's like they just became addicted and then they would drink it. Holy so shit. It's just interesting to realize how much of it is a habit, but how the habits happen because we're told that we need it for a certain thing to mm-hmm. unwind, to have fun. So when we go out to have fun, that's our cue to purchase alcohol. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it just gets us purchasing their products. And I just think so often we kind of forget like this is being sold to us. They want us to purchase this, you know. And then we already, I think, talked about this in another episode, but like White Claws marketing, too. I know. How they made like the hashtag yes. that everybody could use on their like Instagram. Yes. They would post the picture of yes. it. Like that's a whole nother side of marketing yes. to an alcoholic beverage. Yeah. I was actually watching the UFC fights at my mother-in-law's house the other day. And of course, people had White Claws and ain't no laws and you just freaking hear it and it's like oh my god people can't not say it I know it's so catchy I mean it's good advertising but like advertising is for sales yeah. and I just I don't know it, I feel like alcohol advertising is so deceptive too because they never show you the downsides like getting a DUI or getting in a fight with your husband waking up the next morning and mm-hmm. feeling like complete shit yeah or <laughs> things like sexual assault that happen yeah. or or the health effects that happen and I just think about like like prescription pills when when you see those advertisements they go over all of the side effects yeah so I don't know how They've probably been sued a lot more yeah that's probably true <laughs> yeah. You know, alcohol companies, they're not held liable whatsoever. Like there Why? is no liability. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this too, because if a bartender actually overserves somebody, they can get in yeah, trouble. They're they the can be held liable. liable for serving a substance that is completely legal for them to sell in their bar. And I mean, people are different. You don't know if somebody is taking antidepressants. You don't Mm -hmm. know if somebody is high on marijuana. You don't know if somebody is on sleep medication. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of responsibility to put on one person and then not on the alcohol company. And that's totally, yeah, that's totally unfair. I used to work at a bar and that used to scare the shit out of me because like I could serve somebody who could easily handle five drinks Mm -hmm. and then I could serve another person five drinks and they're toasted. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm not an expert. I don't know what how people are going to handle their alcohol. You yeah. Know what I mean? It's just not fair that it's yeah. 
on them mm-hmm. and not the fucking alcohol company yeah the one that's creating the fucking toxin and the one that's making the money on it the one that's profiting off of it Mm -hmm. so that kind of actually brings me to like the next thing that I want to share because I don't think a lot of people realize like what a normal amount is to drink so you mentioned like you could serve somebody five drinks and one person might be fine and another person might not Um, But prior to giving up alcohol, I don't think I realized what like excessive drinking was or what heavy drinking was. So actually, according to um, the National Institute of Alcoholism, I think is what it's called. It's like the NIH.gov. So excessive alcohol use is 15 or more drinks a week for men or eight or more drinks a week for women. So if you think about it, if you're somebody who's having like two glasses of wine a night, like you're consuming alcohol excessively. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm thinking about how many like drinks people have in one Friday night. Yes. How many I used to have in you. Yeah. Yeah. Like we'd go out and I wouldn't even put a cap on my drinks. I'd have like, I don't know, 10. Yeah. Like (laughs) I just drink till I couldn't drink anymore. Exactly. Shit. Yeah. Um. And also, so binge drinking too, um, normally binge drinking happens within a two to three hour period, but for women, it's four drinks is binge drinking and five drinks within two to three hours is binge drinking for men. So wait, four drinks in two hours for women is binge drinking? Two to three hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I definitely was a binge drinker back in the day. (laughs) No, me too. I definitely was a binge drinker and that is also... It's a symptom of alcohol use disorder. And you know how many people are out there binge drinking and it's just normal, you know? Yeah. So just some knowledge for you. absolutely wild. And then those people that are drinking all those drinks on Friday nights usually are having a drink every night during the week. One yeah. Or, two. or on like Sunday morning for brunch and mimosas. Yeah. You know, it's like if you order a Bloody Mary and a mimosa at brunch and then you have like a beer for the football game on a Sunday, I mean... I don't know. It just adds up really quickly. And can we talk about the whole um, drinking an alcoholic drink the next morning because you're hungover yeah. from drinking alcohol the night before? Yeah. I've never understood this concept. Yeah. The hair of the dog concept. It's like, because essentially that's what it's, it's that's, just stopping you from going the, through the withdrawal. Right. Isn't that what it exactly. is? Exactly. It's just delaying it. So <laughs> technically somebody who's doing that is that would. That would be like an alcoholic tendency is waking up and drinking because you're withdrawing. I was actually at brunch the other day and I was like, since when is it normal to order alcohol for breakfast? Like, why the fuck do we make this normal? I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong. I used to love Bloody Marys. Yeah. But I also really like spicy things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I loved it. Um, But like if I had drank the night before. The next morning I wasn't ordering a Bloody Mary yeah. and people would always tell me like, oh, you'll feel better if you just order a drink <laughs> at fucking 9 a.m. after I just drank myself to yeah. shit the night before. I'm like, if I drank another drink right now, I would throw up yeah. all over this restaurant. Like, how the hell do you guys do that? I feel like I was the same as you. Like for me, binge drinking one night was enough. I yeah. never wanted to wake up and have more. No, like, never. No, I don't. I can't recall a time that I ever did that. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's wild. Um, okay. So the other scary stat I have, so I kind of shared about like what normal drinking is or what excessive drinking is, but this stat blows my mind because I didn't realize 
like drinking actually increases your risk for cancer. And I've always been like, like, how does cancer happen? Like, why is this so prevalent? And nobody is out there talking about the fact that alcohol can play a huge role in that. It actually plays a role in like seven different types of cancers. But for women who have one alcoholic drink a day, um, they have a 10% increase in their breast cancer risk. So just one drink a day, which... That's such a high percentage. Mm-hmm. But then if you have two to three drinks a day, your risk increases. So it's 20% higher than somebody who doesn't drink. Wow. And I mean, for me, I'm somebody who like breast cancer runs in my family and I didn't know this. I had no idea. Yeah. So they don't talk about that. I mean, they talk about a lot of other things causing cancer. I mean, I think there's a lot of things in our world that cause cancer for sure, to be honest, but you're right. They never talk about the fact that alcohol is one of those. Yeah. I just think, I feel like we should be able to like consent, like it should be like consensual consumption. That sounds really weird. That sounds like a song, like sensual (laughs) seduction. What is that song? Is that a Snoop Dogg song? Did we just create our own remix? (laughs) Consensual consumption. We're going to create this and release it on Spotify. Dude. No, but I just, because like with cigarettes, it's like, you know what you're getting into if you're going to be smoking cigarettes, but we don't have the same awareness around alcohol. And like, instead we think that the people that like can't consume alcohol, like have a problem. And it's like, we blame the person, not the substance. And it's like, I just feel like that's so freaking wrong. You you know, know, now that you brought up cigarettes, now I'm thinking like, do you know, like when alcohol first, I don't know. I'm really bad with history. Yeah. Do you know, like when alcohol first became like so normalized? Um, you know, I did see like an increase in numbers. I think it was from like 2002 to like 2016 but honestly I don't know I'm sure ever since prohibition happened it just started well I'm just like thinking about like how cigarettes are these days people know they're bad Mm -hmm. but like back in the day it was very normalized yeah like everybody smoked cigarettes yeah like I remember my my parents telling me that like you know their parents their grandparents like their grandparents parents like everybody smoked cigarettes like I feel like they were almost the first generation that was like we're not going to do that. Like, yeah, this is killing you guys. Yeah. So well, I'm just curious if like alcohol will get to that point. I feel like I, I think it will. I think it will. Yeah. I think it will too. Um, the book quit like a woman by Holly Whitaker actually has like a really good few chapters on that. She talks about how cigarettes were sold and then how they started selling them more to women and targeting women more. Um, so, yeah, I would say if you're curious about that, too, the book Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker would be great. Um, but I also have to share this stat now that we're talking about cigarettes. <laughs> okay. um, so researchers found that when it comes to cancer risks, one bottle of wine is equivalent to smoking 10 cigarettes for women or five cigarettes for men. Jesus. Isn't that Christ. wild? That's insane. Yeah. I would have never thought that. No, never. Right. Wild. Now, okay, this is like putting me down so many rabbit holes in my brain, but like now I'm curious, like, um, like what are the top cancers that cigarettes cause? It's obviously like lung cancer and like, I don't know, cancer of the mouth. Yeah. Whatever that's called. Yeah. And the throat, I would think. Throat or mouth and throat Mm -hmm. and lungs is like the main ones affected by cigarettes, right? Yeah. But I feel like alcohol probably is a lot more it goes through it's literally every single part of your digestive system that is at risk for cancer i mean from alcohol yeah 
which it, literally you put it's like a toxic substance and yeah. you like hey go into my body like Shit. do what you wish yeah that could cause colon cancer it does stomach yep. cancer mm-hmm. throat cancer yeah literally so many things yeah it's just eye-opening like I yeah. said like I had no idea about this stuff and I definitely feel like you when I started learning stuff I was kind of like mad and then I would go down these rabbit holes where I'm just like learning all of this information yeah. and it's hard because I feel like I know all of this and I just want to like share it with people but then sometimes I feel like it's like coming off like I don't know. I don't think some people will appreciate it. Like I went on a rant on my Instagram stories this morning because of like <laughs> a it. Instagram post that I saw in some of the comments. And it just it just irritates me because I just know how many people are hurting of this. And like I know how many people are suffering with addiction. And I just think that in our minds, we put it on the person and, st- and we don't really realize like the w- things that we're doing and saying in the way that we're normalizing like binge drinking and drinking, it's causing people to get addicted Mm -hmm. and like addiction starts somewhere. And so I just think we need to stop normalizing like getting drunk every day. Oh, there's so many people out there too that are like, um, like I'm not feeling good. Well, one drink won't hurt you or like, like, Oh, I have to wake up early tomorrow. One drink's not going to kill you. Like they're always like, people are always pushing it I feel like it is it's very pushed it's so over the top like the alcohol advert I don't know why advertisers even spend money when the people are gonna push it on you (laughs) (laughs) yeah you guys can back down on your marketing because you don't really need it Uh, so I'm curious what stat you you found though what did you find so I found quite a few that were pretty interesting um but I felt like you probably we're going to say all of them because you know all of them. Um, <laughs> so I got one which kind of stood out to me and I think it stood out to me because I'm like around my niece a lot right mm-hmm. now and she's at the age where she's like starting to like question things yeah. and like she's really a paying paying attention to like what I do and what mm-hmm. other people do and like wondering if she should do that too kind of like phase. yeah she's finding her identity. Yeah she's trying to figure out who she wants to be and so I came across this one And it says, um, so it says approximately 7,000 children in the U.S. under the age of 16 take their first drink every day, which is a major problem because those who begin drinking before age 15 are four times more likely to develop alcoholism than those who begin at age 21. Wow. Which I also think Wait, can you tell me how many that was a day again? Uh, a seven thousand okay. children in the under US? the age of sixteen in the U.S. Wow. take their first drink every day, and so that one like really hit home because obviously I think about her and I'm like I'm trying to protect her and like keep her safe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I think about us when we were younger. Like I definitely had my first drink before definitely. I was sixteen. Yeah, and I'm like shit. Like I know if somebody would have told me if you take a drink this early in life you might become an alcoholic yeah I probably wouldn't have for sure like, I don't know that like yeah you just think like everybody drinks I want to start drinking yeah like, it's like the rite of passage yeah. and we just don't really know we're just doing what everybody else is doing and what we've seen on tv and it's exactly it's so harmful. that was yeah that was a really good fact for me to learn yeah because it makes me definitely 
because I don't know, because it's one of those things, too, where you obviously when you're that age as a kid, you want to start experiencing things mm-hmm. like you're going to start sneaking around and doing things that you're yeah, not supposed to be doing for sure. You know? So it's just wild. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also think about kids, too, because like you grow up and you see your parents drinking and it's like this normally it's this like fun thing I mean not everybody like I had a dad who was an alcoholic so it wasn't always fun Mm -hmm. but it it just becomes this thing that you feel like you should do and it's like I said earlier like a rite of passage and I don't know it's just we subject our our kids I don't have a kid but like our youth to that and we expose them to that and then they think that it's just what they should do and they want to do it because Mm -hmm. it's this adult thing yeah so it's terrifying I kind of hope sometimes I'm like I hope like teenage girls find my Instagram and like decide that not drinking is the cool thing uh for the record I do have one 16 year old that I talk to on Instagram who has Lyme disease Mm -hmm. and she also doesn't drink hell yeah and she's like doesn't want to and I, she's probably seen your page obviously because I yeah. feel like most people who see mine also see yours because yeah. you're all over mine mm-hmm. um but like I know she listens to our podcast too mm-hmm. so like she's listened to like the booze free stuff that yeah. we talked about oh, yeah good. and she's posted about it before cool you know like she'll post like a alcohol free drink yeah or something isn't that wild that a 16 year old would be doing that yeah well, because, that's also scary. Yeah, because considering she seems like she's so much older than sixteen. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> and just considering what that that is different for her to be sharing compared to the other people. And yeah, yeah, and like you know, but there's plenty of sixteen-year-olds, or yeah, I shouldn't say sixteen-year-olds, but just like young people that I've talked to with Lyme disease who know that like their life isn't what their friends' lives mm-hmm. are. And she's just so powerful about it. I like love she's it. like, this is my this is my Friday night. I'm not sneaking out of my house to go get drunk with my friends. Like I'm sitting here, you know, reading a book and drinking a non alcoholic beverage and she like, sounds this is like just me. She'd be my friend. <laughs> she's super she's a sweetheart. Oh. But yeah, I just I like seeing that because I'm like I feel like she's starting really good habits mm-hmm. at such a crucial age. Mm-hmm. And I think back, I'm like, I wish I would have had those fucking habits back yeah. then. Like yeah maybe I wouldn't have got so fucking terribly sick yeah <laughs> it's know? definitely unfortunate she got sick so young though too yeah it is but yeah I'm proud of her yeah I like it oh anything else you want to share um oh I don't know put me on the spot <laughs> <laughs> no I feel like we covered a lot I don't want to like my intention isn't to scare anybody my intention is just really to bring awareness yeah. to to a lot of the things that I didn't know and that I wish I would have known. So I hope if you're listening and you do still drink that this doesn't, you know that this doesn't come from a bad place. It just comes from a place of me wanting to share the knowledge that I've gained. Oh yeah. And to make everybody like feel a little bit better about that. Like I am not completely alcohol free. Mm -hmm. Um, Haley is, but I'm not. She still loves me. She still talks to me. So it's like, and she tells me these things, but like, I don't take them personal. Like mm-hmm. I don't like get upset with you for sharing alcohol facts with me. I'm yeah. just like, these are things that I should know. These yeah. are things that people should know. For sure. You know, and it's like, obviously I don't drink like I used to, but yeah. like one drink every now and then is all I have. But yeah. yeah, I think that's important to important to say. Yeah. Just to allow people to be more mindful of their yeah. choices. So. We just want you guys to have the information so that you can make the best choice for you. Yes. 
Okay. Well, on that note, we will catch you guys next time. See you later. Oh, 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 oh,